Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the church or you want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at thechurchrc.com. Or we would love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app. Available for free anywhere you download apps. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Matthew 5. We're going to read verse 13 through 16. Matthew 5. 13 through 16. Let's just welcome, come on, everybody welcome our online community that's listening on podcast. We have people that listen all over the world. We welcome you. If you're ever in this area, please come and see us. Matthew 5, 13 through 16 says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light, come on, say my light. Come on, let my light. Come on, say it, let my light. So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Legacy Driven Church. Legacy Driven Church. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open, receptive to hear your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. Lord, let us celebrate all that you've done in this Vision Sunday. In Jesus' name, everybody said. You know, last week we, start, we kicked off this series called Legacy. And, uh, you know, I don't think that anybody wants to leave a life or, or live a life where they're forgotten where nobody really cares that you're gone, that you've lived on this earth and then nobody, nobody shows up to your funeral, right? Nobody, you didn't make a difference. You didn't make an impact. You didn't, you didn't do anything. Nobody wants to live that life. And so uh, last week I talked about leaving a legacy through our generosity and how that makes an impact. It was an extremely popular message. Everybody loved it. I got carried out on people's shoulders because everybody loves it when you talk about giving in the church. It was awesome. I mean, I've gotten so many emails saying, oh my gosh, you changed my life, pastor. Thank you. (laughs) This is what I wish would happen, but it didn't happen. I got lots of scowls and evil looks on the way out the door. But hey, nonetheless, it's in the word of God, so I'm going to teach it. But, but, uh, but we, we leave a legacy through our generosity. But as a church, we are driven to leave a legacy. That's what we're here for. We're here to make an impact, not just in our community and in our city, but around the world. That's what God has called us to do. I always want to keep in mind that I am here to leave a legacy. I'm here to make an I am not thinking about just me and my wife. I am starting to think generationally. I'm thinking this. I, I, I want my, this church to be around long after I'm in the dirt. Right? 
I, that's what I want for this church. I, I, and I don't know who that is, if it's my son or my daughter or whoever it is, but they take it and then it just continues to move forward and go forward and it's making an impact for generations to come. Until Jesus comes back, this church, I want it to be thriving and growing and making an impact and making a difference and doing things for God and, and just continuing to take new ground. That's what God has called us to do. But we get so focused on just us. On our four and no more. And we get so focused on this is me and this is what I do and this is all I am. But God is a generational God. Yes. We think about God, give me this now. Yes. And God says, I'll give you this now because I'm thinking generations later. When Abraham prayed, God, give me a son. God said, I'm going to give you a son, but you, what you need to understand is 42 generations later, the son of God is going to be born out of your lineage that is going to change and impact the world forever. See, God is thinking, I, I, you're thinking just right now, but God is thinking what's going to happen generations after you're gone. That's what we're called to do. We're called to leave a legacy. We're called to make a, we're, we're, we're called to make a difference in this earth, and that's what we're doing as a church, God says this, you are the salt, yes. you are the light. Yes. Whenever I walk into a room, I don't pray for God to send a light. Right. Come on. Yeah. Right. Does anybody else do that? You don't go, God, please make it not dark in here. You turn on the light. Right. And that's what God is wanting you to do. When you walk into a dark world, whenever I hear people will say, Pastor Brian, please pray for me. I'm the only Christian at my workplace. Pray that God gives me another job. Why would I pray that God gives you another job somewhere else? God has put you as a light in the darkness to make a difference in your workplace. You are the only light. Sometimes you are the only light that will shine in that place. I can't go where you are. God is sending you. And so here's the thing is, is you're praying for God to send light and God is asking you to be the light. You're a light in the darkness. You're a city that's set on a hill. Called to make an impact on this world. Impact means this, to come forcibly into contact with someone or something and to have a strong effect on them. That's what we are supposed to be. I, uh, I was a baseball guy growing up. Uh, I loved baseball. I wasn't tall enough for basketball. And just a side note, now I get beat by my son. I'm not good at basketball. <laughs> and my son is 11 and he beats me every time we play at pigs. So we've stopped playing the game. We just don't play anymore because I'm a sore loser. Last time he beat me, I grounded him for three weeks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I, I was just, I love baseball. I love that game. But every now and then, come on, we'd get together and we'd play some football. And whenever we played football, we played like men. None of this two below stuff. No pads, no helmet, full tackle, rocks and dirt pasture. That's what you do. Sounds awful, but it's awesome. Right? And so that's what we play. I know that that's not, you can't do that anymore, but that's what we did when I was a kid because we were actually men. <laughs> you might tear your skinny jeans, but 
Just kidding. <laughs> That's probably the best applause I'll get all day. But there you go. <laughs> no, but, but that's what we did. We played tackle football, and it was always fun because usually I was, I was actually the biggest kid on the— uh, yeah, we, I came from a town of small, small people. <laughs> but I was the biggest kid on the field, and so it was always good. And, and, but, but one year we went to a youth camp. We'd gotten there, and we weren't there very long. We were like, hey, guys, let's get together. Let's play some football. So we got in the open field, and we were with a bunch of different youth all from all over, and there was— freakishly large youth group there and they were on the opposite team of me and I didn't like that but I was like okay you know what let's do this and so we kick off the ball to them and this kid that looks like a grown man grabbed the ball and he takes off running well I go after him now then as I'm approaching him I'm expecting him to go right or left But he had determined before he ever got to me, the fastest way to his goal was straight through me. He hit me so hard that I could hear everybody on the field go, oh. And I didn't even, I thought, man, somebody just got wiped out. And it took me a minute to realize I am on the ground on my back. Like, and I had just gotten laid out. Let me just tell you, he didn't just have an impact on me in that moment. But for days later, I felt the effects of the impact. And that's what we're supposed to be in the world in a positive light, in a positive way. We're supposed to have, when we come in contact with people that we actually, we're not supposed to be, we're not supposed to be, oh, well, we just want to just come into this earth and we don't want to make any waves and we don't want to make any noise and we don't want to offend anybody and we don't want to talk about anything that anybody, no, we want to come forcibly into contact when it doesn't matter where you are or what background you come from. When you come in contact with me, light, when it comes into contact with darkness, it makes an impact. And that's what God is saying. Jesus is saying this, I have called you to make an impact on this world that leaves a legacy that makes an eternal impact. It makes a difference. God has put us here on this earth to make a lasting impact, to leave a legacy that outlives us. We have a saying around here, we are better to, right? We're better together. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much influence you have. It doesn't matter how much power you have. You will never make as big an impact as you could with somebody else. You can always make a bigger difference together with somebody else than you can when you're just by yourself. And that is what the church is. That's why the church is so powerful. That's why the church is making a difference in this earth. Because when people come together from all different races, from all different walks of life, from all different backgrounds, when we come together and we have a common goal, and that's to reach a community with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have a common goal to make an impact on this earth. All of us coming together can make a bigger difference than we could all by our lonesome. That's what the church is. That's why the church is so powerful. That's why it's making such a difference. We know this, that our giving, our prayers, and our example goes farther than we ever could. In fact, it goes places that we may never go physically. 
it goes places that we don't even know. Like we, we've never been to some of these places, but we're making a difference in them nonetheless. It's so important to be a part of a local church. And so that's what Vision Sunday is. Maybe you're sitting here and this, I'm telling you right now, this is different than probably any church experience that you ever will. But what we do is we never wanna lose focus of what God is doing and what God has called us to do. And so as a pastor, every six months, I'm going to say, hey, this is what God's done. This is what, this is what we're called to do. Every six months. And that's just what we're going to do because I always want us to be focused on what God is doing, the impact that we're making as a church, what the impact is going to be, and how we're going to continue to move forward. Because here's the thing is this is not about a platform. This is not about me up here preaching a message. This is about us as a community of believers, as a church coming together to make a difference in this world. We're all on a mission. We're all doing something. We're all called to be a light in the darkness, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Proverbs 29, 18, I love this in the message. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. How many of you wanna be blessed? Amen. So that's what we're doing. We're just taking a moment. We're attending to what God has done, what he is revealing to us. So since October of 2017, uh, we had vision, our our, uh, three-year birthday in uh, October. We celebrated that. And so uh, that was our vision day. And now then six months later, we're going to do it again. October, since October of 2017, uh, we have officially completed the building of our orphanage in Uganda, Africa. I think they, I think they have a picture of that. Come on. And we got to name it. And one of my favorite uh, men in the Bible is Gideon. And the reason why is I named it Gideon's men is because this is for boys. These are uh, boys that are in this house, but I named it Gideon's men because I wanted them to know that, that Gideon had this complex of, I can't do anything because I am the less. And I wanted them to know that God can take little things and make big things happen. And so we named it Gideon's Men. And what's what's awesome about this, and you might think, man, what, what is this? There, there's, a, there's an area across the lake and you, you, we rode on a boat across the lake. And this village is like, you haven't seen poverty like this. And these kids would run up and grab my hands. And I have, I have a picture of it. These kids would run up and grab my hand because they want me to take them back to the orphanage. Because they're homeless, they're living on the streets. And they're wanting me to take them back. And so what we did as a church, we did as a church, is we built this so that they could take in 12 young men from that village and bring them over. Not only are they getting fed, they're getting clothed, and they're getting an education, and their gospel is being preached to them, and God is making a difference through you. Amen? It's Gideon, man, Uganda. Not only that, but uh, on a monthly basis, we feed and we clothe uh, uh, orphans in Haiti, uh, and up to 75 orphans in Haiti uh, through Second Chance Haiti. They're making a big impact and a big difference right there in Haiti, taking in kids uh, from all over that country. And so we're thankful for that, thankful for what they're doing. Uh, our, our outreach director, Crystal Figueroa, uh, she just got back from El Salvador. How many of you have been to El Salvador? Yeah, you have. You should all raise your hand. You've been to El Salvador because you sent Crystal Figueroa. That's what I'm trying to get to you is you're making a difference. So when I say, how many of you have ever been? You've been because when you give, you send. Amen. And so we, we were able to send her to El Salvador and she went on a med- medical missions trip there. Over 700 people that needed medical care 
she helped provide medical care for. We helped provide medical care for. Not only did they help them that way, but they also uh, were able to plug them into local churches and connect them with local pastors because you sent them. Come on. You're making a difference. This summer, we are sending a team to Haiti to where you can go and you can be a part of, uh, you can be a part of uh, that team that's going over there and they just get to go over and love on orphans and take care of them and minister to them. So we're sending them this summer. We're also sending a team to Puerto Rico. Come on, amen, sign me up. I asked them if it was on a resort, they said no, so. No, but they're, they're going to Puerto Rico and uh, we're gonna be a part of the hurricane relief there. There's still a lot of work to be done. And so we're sending the team over there to be a part of that. If you've never been on a mission trip, can I tell you, you should go. You should go. I know, I, I get it. It's not comfortable. It's not the, it, sometimes it's hard, but it is one of the, it, it's something that will impact and change your life forever. So I encourage you to do that. If you want more information, you can text missions to 33733. That's missions to 33733. And as those trips, uh, uh, more stuff unfolds on that, they will let you know the information that you need to know. Amen. All right, we, uh, we have uh, sent our resources. We sent resources and, and finances to Houston uh, after the, the hurricane that devastated Houston, right? It was a massive impact. And we had a church there and we were able to send finances because I called him and I said, hey, listen, what do you need? He said, honestly, we have so many people that I just, we just need resources. We need finances. We need, we need money to be able to food, uh, give people food, clothes, shelter. We need, that's what we need more than anything. And so as a church, we sent over a large amount amount of money to them to be able to do that so that you, you, we didn't take up any special offering. We didn't ask you to give. It's because you're generous and you give that we were able to send that and it made a difference. Here's what you don't usually see on news networks is this. Did you know that 80% of the aid to Houston came through the local church? Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. 80% of the aid that came to Houston after that hurricane came through the local church. The local church is not anything to be messed with. Amen. Uh, as a church, we're sending my pastor. Uh, he's going over to Cuba. Come on, Cuba, uh, which is still a communist country. And uh, he's going over there to minister to pastors. He's doing a, a three pastors conferences in three cities in, th in three days each. And uh, he's gonna go over and they're believing that there's gonna be uh, hundreds and hundreds of pastors. Here's the thing is that we don't need pastors being discouraged and quitting. And that's, what, that's my pastor's heart is he wants to go over and encourage and to, to equip. And so they feed them, they take care of them while they're there and then and they're able to equip them and just to, just to encourage them and send them out full of life and, and a, a, a feeling of accomplishment that they can go out and do it all again. So we're doing that. He's also going to Bolivia, uh, which only has 17% uh, Christians in Bolivia. And uh, he's going over there to preach the gospel and God is going to do amazing things there. Amen. Uh, uh, since October, I love this one. Since October of 2017, our last vision day, we have seen 359 people commit their lives to Jesus right here in the church. Amen. Come on, you should give God a bigger hand clap than that. Amen. And, and you should give yourself a hand clap because you brought them, amen? You should give yourself a hand. It's, it's awesome. When you invite somebody to have an encounter with Jesus, God is doing great things, amen? Now, I love this one. This is my favorite. 
Are you ready? In September 2018, we will officially launch our second campus in Sulphur Springs, Texas. Come on. Amen. Uh, we, have been, we have been given an uh, 8,000-square-foot building there on 20 acres, and God is going to do amazing things. Now, here's what's amazing is that we're going to take this over. Now, I, I'll just let you know this. We're not leaving because that, that's what everybody always thinks. Like, we're gone. No, we're not gone. I've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this thing. I love this place right here, right? So I'm not going anywhere, but I believe this. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but here's what I do know is that anytime God opens a door for me, I am faithful to walk through it. I don't know always what's on the other side. I don't know what it looks like. I wish, don't you wish God would just tell you, lay it all out for you and be like, well, there's gonna be this. And then you're gonna have a little bit of a hardship here, but if you just endure and you just press through, then you're gonna really reap it. I wish he would do that, but he doesn't do that. He just says, just walk through the door. And that's what we've always been faithful to do is we're just faithful to walk through the door. And so what it's gonna look like, I don't know. We're just kind of, we're just being faithful to walk through that door. Not only are we gaining a second family in Sulphur Springs, we love Sulphur Springs. Uh, Crystal and I preached our first, me- my, our first messages in that church. We were married in that church. Uh, we were, uh, we, we just love, we love that community. We love that area. And so we're excited about that. We believe that God is going to do some amazing things right there in Sulphur Springs, Texas. I, and, I, and I'll tell you this, my heart is not just one campus. My heart isn't two campuses. My heart is eight campuses. And now whether or not I see all of those eight campuses, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's a generational thing, but I just believe this, that as God opens doors, I'm going to continue to walk through them. Now in April, we will begin our launch team. And so maybe you're sitting there and you go, hey, I'm from that area. I want to be a part of the launch team uh, because we are going to relaunch a church. We're going to, we're going to relaunch the whole thing and it's going to be a big deal. And I think it's going to be amazing. And uh, so you, we're going to have those uh, launch team meetings going on in April. And, uh, and here's the thing is that we are one church in two rooms. Amen. Right now, that's what we are. We are, we are one church. We're, we're one house with many rooms. That's what we're going to be. And I think that God is calling us to do that. And so that's coming up in September of 2018. Amen. You're making a difference. God is using you to make a difference. God is using you to impact this world. And I just want you to know that sometimes we get so caught up in this routine that we forget that God is using us to make a difference around the world on a daily basis. That's what's powerful about being a part of a local church. Because even when you're not working, God is working. God is using what you've given. God is using what you've brought him. And he always is so good at multiplying it and making it bigger than what you think it could be. One of the most fulfilling things that you can do in life is to know that you're making a difference in someone else's. And that's what you're doing. You're making a difference in people's lives. I know that you may never hear it, but those boys in Africa, thank you. Because they have a home, they have a bed. They have meals and they they hear the gospel and they thank you. The children in Haiti, thank you. You may never hear it, but they thank you. The pastors, that my, my pastor is ministered to and is going to minister to in Cuba, they thank you. Because you're, you're helping to make their lives better. And that's what it is to be a part of a local church. A very wealthy businessman 
had a group of interns. And uh, of course, they were, he was asking questions and said, hey, can I answer any questions for you? So they began to ask him questions. Well, one intern raised his hand and of course his eyes were, he wanted to be as wealthy as the businessman, right? So he's interning under him. He wants to be as wealthy as the businessman. He said, he asked him this question. He said, can you give me one investment tip? Just one investment tip that would help me, that would change my life forever. Without thinking, the wealthy man said, the local church. He said, I've found nothing else that makes an eternal impact. And that's what we're a part of because it makes an eternal impact. It leaves a legacy. It makes an impact. There is, a, there, is a, it, there is something that happens because of the local church. It's making a difference in this earth, amen? There are 193 countries right now where the gospel is growing faster than the population. That's awesome, right? 193 countries, the gospel is actually outgrowing the population. It's going faster than the population. There are 20 countries where the opposite is true where the population is growing faster than the gospel. America is one of those countries. We have work to do. Don't for a minute believe that everybody knows. Don't for a minute believe that because everybody doesn't know. We're from Texas. Everybody's Christian in Texas. No, they ain't. (laughs) No, they're not. They're not, not everybody knows this hope. Not everybody knows this, this, this grace of mercy and truth and love. Not everybody knows that. Why do we see mass shootings all the time happening? Is there more evil in the world? No, there's just more people in America that need to be reached with the gospel. We've tried to take gospel out of everything. We're taking it out of schools. We're taking it out of our business places. We're taking it out of this. What are you doing? God is saying this. I want you to be the light in the darkness. It may not be in the school, but young person, can I tell you that you are the, in the school and you can be a light in the darkness. You can make a difference. You are in your workplaces. That means that you can make a difference in your workplace. Your boss might not be able to shine his light, but guess what? You can shine your light for men. There's so important for us in America to realize that we have work to do. The church is the hope. The government's not the hope for America. Church is the hope for America. Why? Because we carry a message that changes everything. Amen? Amen. As a church, I just want you to know that we always desire, this is our heart, this is what we exist to do. We exist for you to do four things. Can you, say, can you do four things? Come on, I don't know about you, but I try to keep it simple. Right? I don't need 35 steps to a better me because I get lost about step three, right? Uh, but, but four steps, I, I can remember four steps and this is our passion and this is our vision for you. So you come in and this is what we're doing as a church. But I want you to know that all, what we do every Sunday is we have a desire and we have a passion to see these four things happen in each and every one of your lives. So if you're visiting, this is a great time for you to know why we exist as a church. The first thing that we want every person that comes through these doors to do is to have an encounter with Jesus. The second thing we want every person to do that comes through these doors is we want you to find your purpose, to to discover your purpose. The third thing that we want you to do is we want you to find community. And the last thing that we want you to do is we want you to impact your world. 
Now, when it comes to impacting our world, I think we make it bigger than it really should be. Because if I said, we want you to impact the world, you automatically think that's too much, right? Because it's too much. But what's, what's awesome is, is that when you read the gospels, even the, uh, the uh, Paul, the apostle Paul, when he wrote, he said this, he said, I can impact my sphere. And every one of us have a sphere of influence, right? Small, sphere is, it can be a small area. And every one of us have the ability to impact that for the better. And this is what we do is we want you to impact your world. And sometimes that looks like we're going to Haiti. Sometimes that looks like me loading up and flying to Puerto Rico. Sometimes it it looks like me going to Bolivia. Sometimes it looks like me going to Pakistan. Sometimes it looks like me going to Africa. But every day it looks like me being a light in the darkness. Every day it looks like this. It looks like me waking up, understanding, God, you have a purpose and a plan for my life. You have called me to impact the world around me. And so, God, I pray this prayer. And it's a dangerous prayer to pray. Will you use me today? Will you use me to make a difference? Sometimes it's just telling somebody that says, man, I'm going through hell in my marriage. And you've been through hell and God has brought you through and say, man, I was exactly where you were. And God changed everything in my life. Sometimes it's handing a homeless man $20 and saying, man, God loves you. He has a plan and you're not done yet. Sometimes it's telling the cashier, Jesus loves you. Sometimes it's as simple as carrying an invitation for Easter and saying, hey, I'm going to be at the 9 a.m. service. I would love for you to come. come. Don't make it more complicated than it is. God is so good at making a big difference with our small acts of obedience. We think, God, what? it's just so little. Like, this invitation, what can you do with this invitation? One of my favorite stories in the Bible is Jesus feeding 5,000, and he fed 5,000 people. That was just men not counting women and children because that was the, they didn't do that back then. But 15,000 is a, is a conservative estimate. He took two fish and five loaves of bread and fed 15,000 people. A lunch meant for one fed 15,000. Here's the thing, is that when you take your small gift When you take a small act of obedience and you say, God, it ain't much, but I'm giving it to you. What can he do with a small act? How many lives can you change with one invitation? When we're faithful to give God what we have, he always takes it and multiplies it and does so much more than we could ever imagine. We want you to find community. We're not a church with community groups. We are a church of community groups. I always like to say this, we're a whole bunch of community groups coming together and worshiping God on Sunday. But we want you to find community. Here's the thing, is you're not meant to do life alone. You're not meant to do life alone. You are better in relationship. You are better with people in you. And our desire, and we know this takes time, but we want you to get plugged into a group that fits you and that works into your schedule. And then as you begin to build relationships, you get to open up and talk to people because you're going through things. 
You're going through the, you, here in Texas, we say, when somebody says, how are you doing? What do we say? I'm good. You're not good. Your house just got foreclosed and you cussed all the way to church. You flipped three people off on the way to church and you got your RC bumper sticker on. Come on. Reason why I know that is one of them was me. You're not good. And it's okay to not be okay. To say, you know what? I'm not doing good. I've got some stuff going on in my life. My relationship's not good. My job's not good. My kids are acting crazy. You know what? Things aren't good. I'm struggling in my, with a sin. I'm struggling. And when we are able to be open and honest in relationship with each other, because none of us are perfect. All of us are different levels of crazy. We're able to open up and say, you know what? I'm not good. God takes that. We bring it into light. And God changes it. See, we think God's into behavior modification, but he's not. He's into healing. He's into restoring. He's, in, he's into making old things new. James 5, 16 says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just stop the bleeding. I want to be healed. That's what community does for you and for me. We want you to find your purpose. Every one of us in this place have a purpose. Yes, right. Every one of us have a calling. Yes. Every one of us have a mission. Something that God has put us here on this earth to do. The fact that you're still here and that you're still breathing air means that God is not through with you yet. Yes, right. He has a plan and a purpose for you. God has created you on purpose for a purpose. What we like to do as a church is we like to help you find that purpose. We believe this, that everybody has a calling and a gift. And don't ever believe the lie that you're here by accident. That you're here just to suck air and die. But you are here because God has created you to do something, to make an impact. Whatever that looks like to you, God has created you to do that. Jeremiah 1.5 says this. I love this passage of scripture. It's one of my favorites because God is literally pulling back the veil of what it looks like to create a human. And he's talking to Jeremiah, he says this, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Your parents might not have known you were coming and they said you were an accident. Before you were ever formed in the womb, God knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. God has picked you with all your flaws, with all the imperfections, with all the mistakes, I've created you on purpose for a purpose. Amen? As a church, our passion and our desire is to help you find that purpose. And the last thing, certainly not the least, is we want everybody that comes through these doors to have an encounter with Jesus. In fact, you'll hear this, on our, if you're on our dream team, you'll hear this over and over and over again, is we are here to create an atmosphere for people to encounter Jesus. Brad here, creating an atmosphere you to encounter Jesus, not a platform for him to be better, 
He does what he does to create an atmosphere. So people come in and they go, you know what? The presence of God is in this place. That's why we exist. That's why we exist. You might not like our worship team. You might not like our greeters. You might not like our parking lot team. You might not like me. But don't you dare miss Jesus. Don't you dare miss Jesus. He loves you, friend. He cares so much for you. He moved heaven and earth. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And it wasn't for, to, to establish a religion. It was to, to create relationship with you. He said this, I would do it for you. I would, do, I would die on a cross just for you, just so that you would understand that I have a plan and I have a purpose for your life. Don't you dare miss Jesus. Because one encounter with Jesus can change everything. It's changed my life. It's changed in your life. It's changed my wife's life. At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com. Thanks and have a great week.